0: Hi, I am Alu, and I'm your host at FitArobic. Welcome to Fitness Pro Chat, the podcast by Fitero.
1: Welcome to Fitness Pro Chat by Fit Aerobic. If you're looking to improve your health and well-being to lead a healthy, fit, and
0: fulfilling life, whether you're an amateur or a professional athlete, this podcast is for you. Now, on to the show. Among the modern-day fitness programs, the traditional Indian way to stay fit has been lost. It is long due for all of us to go back in history and learn how India's, India's great kings and queens remained fit and were able to perform unimaginable feats. Today, I'm joined by uh, Abhinav Kadambesh, a Sanskrit pundit and a former art conservator, and Krishna Ganeshan, previously founding member at ZipStack. He is also a holistic fitness trainer and a pahelvan. Avinav and Krishna have recently assumed their new roles as founders at Bharatiya Fitness who are striving to democratize Indian physical culture. Welcome Krishna and Avinav. Namaste. So uh, let's start uh, today's discussion. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for working towards reviving the Indian uh, traditional fitness which has its root in our Puranas and where our ancestors lived with great physical Agility and strength, and we we have been missing this uh, from the Indian forum uh, for long, long time now. So, what inspired you to start this journey? Uh, since both of you come from diverse backgrounds, and how, how did you two meet and start working together?
1: Both of us believe that uh, when we are destined to meet, it will happen on its own, and naturally, when we have uh, similar uh, directions and similar ambitions uh we will be made to meet in some form so in some place we would be made to meet accidentally sometimes it will be made intentionally so in our case uh you see up until last year uh, i was working with a startup on art conservation so during that time okay. uh, i chanced to come across uh, krishna's uh, instagram page so as somebody who used to be um, a neuroscientist abroad. I quit my uh, PhD program abroad and I came back to India seven years ago in order to uh, study uh, Sanskritam and philosophy full time. And during this time, uh, I had the opportunity to meet with different teachers and I managed to study a lot with these teachers. And uh, I studied yoga traditionally for several years. And uh, I was very much interested in looking at uh, the fullest extent that is possible uh, for taking uh, physical fitness to the next level. So yoga was just one part of it. And I realized that yoga did take us to one level. Uh, but unfortunately, most people were stuck at yoga at the physical level. Uh, I was yeah. looking for some kind of uh, a program or uh, a network where we could take this to the next level together and that is when on instagram i found uh, krishna's uh, profile sharing details on how he used to study uh, with so much of uh, rigor the traditional indian martial arts so he went and studied kusti and silambam i mean i think he will tell you more about it in detail so i realized that one of his posts was very inspiring and i thought uh, it would be nice to meet him in person and uh, see what he has to say and uh, that was when uh, we just randomly met and we didn't know about each other's background then later we realized that we were in the same college campus during our engineering days and somehow we were separated by around four years so when i was in my final year of my integrated master's program he was in his first year of his bachelor's program and we've never met in college But after we met over lunch one day, we realized that we had so many people in common, and uh, not only the people in the network, but also our goals. And uh, it seems like uh, we were meant to meet because uh, many of our philosophies also were very complementary. So we had, uh, in a way, my approach to life was different, his approach to life was different, and then we came together and we realized that. we had philosophies when brought together as a whole, we saw that we had the same kind of ambition, that uh, we had to take all these lessons, whatever we had learnt uh, individually, uh, we would like to take it to the rest of the world. And I'm sure Krishna can add to that.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, actually our meeting, as he said, are distant probably. And uh, the common point between him and me at the thought level is uh, we want to stay connected to our roots. So that is what makes us, uh, I think that is the bond we have and we want to connect with people who have this similar thought wherein the respect for our roots is uh, now we are seeing a positive change in it. People are now understanding that uh, Indian things have to be brought back and there is so much knowledge that is not being discovered yet. Uh, surprisingly in our history also big Sora temples were found by foreigners only we don't know where we lost all this glory and when they say it when English is the medium of language that is being expressed maybe the world will listen to it more and uh, when it comes to traditional fitness there are so many different art forms that we have lost this is periodically based on which king was ruling at a particular point, they have had their own modules, they have had their own trainings, which is very fascinating. And every king, every battle they face, the training is like the intensity with which they trained. The philosophy behind, one thing that always amazes me is what kind of an individual our ancestors were. What was their diet? What was their regimen? What was the meditate meditative affirmations they took up? So all this fascinates. Somewhere around, we will we will want to recreate that sort of uh, individual. It is simply just DNA recalling only, right? Everyone has got it inside and we need to give ourselves positive affirmations and one thing is the medical world outside today is very dangerous. Too much side effects, too much unknown. That's even last week, Indonesian bodybuilder, he died while squatting in the gym. Did he have a trainer? This is where culture plays a real role. If it was my Akada, my Guruji would have been there to tell me egoistic beliefs are very bad. And it is driven by philosophy. Anything traditional is driven by philosophy. And it is not only one person or one man's achievement. It is, I mean, it is seen as a bigger thing. We call it Sadhana. So Sadhana is more important and the word Sadhaka is, is it, it is a beautiful thing to be called as a Sadhaka. And we want to spread this culture, the philosophy behind traditional things and take it to the world.
0: I think that was uh, wonderfully put by both of you. You talked about ego. Obviously, ego is something a majority of us try to prove ourselves or try to do things which may not be physically possible. Pushing ourselves is one thing, but taking it on ego every time and trying to do something which can really be dangerous even without realizing is uh, another thing and i believe uh you have very rightly put that uh the relationship uh between a guru and and a sadhak uh is is very important probably if the guru is right i i think uh, he will never put uh, the life of uh some his, his disciple in danger right so that that's very much i mean very rightly put together so with that let me move on to the next question uh to you guys uh, please tell us what makes the Indian way to stay fit unique from the modern day exercises for physical fitness.
2: So firstly, modern day does not come with the recommended uh, rules that was invented as a bodybuilding even. Bodybuilding was started by a guy called Eugene Sando. So Eugene Sando gives five rules to exercise. None of the rule is followed in today's world. So. It's something common is having a very wide space area where there is more air flow staying away from each other while exercising basic hygiene yes. and not doing more weights unwantedly so these are all basic rules that was given by someone who invented bodybuilding as an industry that is not even followed today and also bodybuilding is not fitness there is a huge gap between what fitness means for everyone and what bodybuilding is. It's a sport that is sponsored, run, premiered, marketed, advertised by protein powder companies. This is the first thing. This is the main difference. So when when it comes to traditional fitness, there is culture involved, there is a separate set of discipline involved and there is a, a different thing like we don't go to an Akada or a calorie mayam or a Silamba Kudam to show that we can build muscles to build a sport out of it to make revenue out of your body that is not done traditionally but when it is coming to gym there is always a rush towards making results which is putting a lot of nerves a lot of brain juices to boil it Is unwantedly you don't need that no for an IT person who is doing a sitting job for him his productivity matters His peace of mind matters and his spine matters, basically. So these are the basic things you need. And a lot of uh, things that we do and every gym exercise has recorded side effects. Yes. When it comes to traditional fitness, I think major difference between traditional fitness and the current day gym culture is, one is traditional fitness is driven by philosophy, not by result. We focus only on the process, not on the product as a person. You see, he has got this picks, this cuts and all that. We don't focus on that. Everybody is unique and personalization is a very important factor. One person who has been training for two years will do a separate regime, separate routine, his diet will be different and he'll have his own set of individuality. So this is what makes traditional fitness so unique and it is enjoyable also. It is fun to do.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, I want, want to add to that. that? Said, This now, Uh, I'd like to talk about uh, the basic tenets of the philosophy associated with fitness itself. So not just fitness, if you consider any aspect of life, you look at the ancient Indian uh, approach to things, we always try to look at what is the purpose of any action. So when you look at the purpose, there are four types of purposes which are possible for any action. Uh, The first purpose is uh, associated with uh, responsibility and uh, discipline. Uh, The second purpose is associated with uh, basic human needs and uh, basic uh, what you call profession, basic uh, activities that we do in order to take care of our uh, material uh, stability. Uh, The third purpose would be associated with uh, pursuing uh, desire. And then the final purpose would be associated with uh, spiritual journey. So, what are you doing this for? If you are going to engage in some kind of a physical exercise or any kind of exercise, yes. what are you trying to achieve by doing this? What is the purpose? If you do not know the purpose, whatever you do will be like a rudderless ship. So, this much is very clear in uh, the ancient traditional approach. And the second thing which I would like to give you as a direct example would be I mean the individualized, personalized approach to fitness is directly visible in the approach taken by ancient uh, gurus when they are teaching uh, martial arts to the children in the Gurukula system. So, for example, if the student is found to be very dull uh, based on their intelligence, uh, usually they would be given uh, some kind of a hand-to-hand combat tool, some kind of a weapon which they can use in hand-to-hand combat. Either they'll be uh, wrestlers, or they would be given some kind of a blunt uh, hand-to-hand combat unreleased weapon, like some kind of thing, something like a, a mace or some kind of a, uh, something to bludgeon the person in front of them. Some kind of a uh, weapon like this, which they can hold in their hand and fight. If they are somebody who are capable of doing something higher, they will be given uh, other weapons. Uh, So, cavalry, infantry, all of this is not based on the person's interest, but the ability of the student itself. So, the person will be enrolled or enlisted in each of these different kinds of regiments based on their capacity. So, it's a um, meritocracy, pure meritocracy when it comes to training for war. Only the best amongst all these students will be... Given or uh, promoted to studying uh, archery. So that is how it used to be. If you go look at the texts, you will see this kind of a reference being made very clearly. And uh, this is based on the capacity of the individual. So not only purpose, but also the capacity of the individual is considered when the student is being taught something related to fitness. So we should understand that when we approach fitness, we should also look at our basic purpose and also our eligibility to receive any kind of uh, lesson in that specific
0: fitness tradition. Very well put. Uh, I mean you talked about uh, fitness is more about uh, identifying the purpose and uh, if we have to compare the traditional fitness techniques uh, that were used by our ancestors with the present day exercises You are trying to create an amalgamation of uh, both the programs uh, in your recent venture at the fitness. So, what are these programs uh, being planned about, or who are these programs targeted at? What are the benefits offered by the programs uh, that you guys are offering?
1: So, when it comes to looking at the programs that we have designed at our, uh, like whatever we are planning for, at least in the short term and the long term, is associated with the uh, specific needs of the target audience. So right now, in the initial stages, we targeted uh, general people who are working in IT and uh, we tried to uh, work with them and see if uh, we can help them based on their needs. Because most of our friends and colleagues and uh, relatives are in the field of IT, we started with them and uh, now recently uh, we did a few workshops with uh, children at gurukulas and uh, then right now uh, recently also we did another uh, workshop for uh, traditional bharatanatyam dancers and we are going to offer one more for the next month so we are planning on looking at different target audiences and giving them specifically what they need so we understood that each group of people in the population has a different specific need when it comes to fitness, and it doesn't. Fitness doesn't necessarily only refer to uh, having very big muscles, being very bulky. It's also about uh, mobility, flexibility, uh, the speed of response. Uh, all of these are considered to be integral when uh, when you look at uh, comprehensive uh, fitness. So this holistic approach to fitness is what we are trying to aim at. And uh, we are only facilitating this using techniques which we have learned. And uh, most of these lessons have been taught to us by our teachers. And uh, some of these lessons are based on our own uh, experiences, based on our intuitions and our discussions with our fellow practitioners. And we are trying to share uh, lessons uh, based on also not just the needs in terms of, let's say, You're talking about an IT person. I'm not talking about them being able to sit down for a longer time. We're also talking about their long-term plans in life. Uh, We try to talk to them. We try to take in details. We see if we can tailor-make the course for them. Of course, uh, it does take a lot of time. But uh, when you talk about fitness, it has to be holistic. We have to put in a lot of effort, a lot of time. Otherwise, uh, it's not going to be useful for anyone. It's going to be toxic for the person in the long term.
2: Yeah, this holistic approach. What makes it interesting is uh, it trains mind, body, and spirit. So when this amalgam of different types of focus on your body itself, where you individualize yourself, you understand who you are training, who you are training with, firstly what your capabilities are, and also you will see progress eventually. So that is how holistic arts function. Any holistic art, be it Uh, Because my background is martial arts, it is always, uh, people will be surprised to know that the final stage of martial arts is meditation. Dhyana is the final stage. And the stage before that is medicine. Okay. ninth stage is medicine, tenth stage is Dhyana. So this is how our ancestors lived. And this is how it was dropped down to us also. This is how you have to follow when you are trained traditionally. But now due to the commercialization or whatever thing, the cultural change that has happened, there are a lot of things which I feel is very unethical. For, for example, when I learned martial arts, my guru did not give me the weapon in the first day because I told him straight, I want to train orthodox manner. I want to do like how you do. That is exactly what I said to him. Then he, he took me three months to hold a bow staff and start training. But now, the first aid is given, it is seen as a performance art. You, you don't train for a performance when you're coming to a martial art. You train for combat. True.
0: So,
2: uh, that is the, where is the spirit going then? That is the first thing. The next yes. thing, with the approach of doing it in a holistic manner, because we focus only on the fitness part. When you train with us, we want results from you. That is the first thing we are aimed at. We are aimed at your results. Are you happy with what we're doing? We take constant feedbacks. We go on weekly calls with them. We ask them what is the change they need, and a lot of habit understanding plays a key role. We understand what their diet pattern is, how their family is, you know, how their family's diet pattern was. Are they doing anything away from it? What is causing inflammation in their body? So all this we do a lot of deep analysis, and people are very much happy with the results. We did Vita yes. testing for two months. So, from then on, we did a 48-day program, a mandala program for them. That worked well. And these are the people who are staying with us now. So, we just started this one. So, these people are more than happy to stay with us. And we are going to make them evolve in the fitness journey in the next six months. So, we have to. We want to democratize this holistic strength training. So, we we want to teach fitness as a skill, not as a recurring revenue system. Where you sign up for a gym, you stay in the gym until you die. You don't want that. You need to learn how your body functions so that you take care of yourself. So that's a skill, right? Which is Absolutely. not taught, which is totally hidden from your eye, eyeball at all in the first place. Because there are a lot of you no know, uh, people are always in a hurry. So when they stop and think back what is happening to them, either two things happen. Either they go into depression or they become very clear. So we want them to become very clear. What, what they are, who they, who they want to be, and all this. And goal setting is very important, not only in terms of fitness, but also in terms of life. Once your body is strong, your mind will naturally be stronger. So then whatever you do, the energy will flow. No?
0: Very true, very true. I mean, uh, it's, it's important to identify the purpose. And one of the purpose that today we find is people want to lose weight. And mm-hmm. that's why they get into fitness. Uh, so my next question is like staying fit is a lifelong process and not just limited to weight loss or any other, say, short term goal, which you talked about. So what are some of the some of the most effective ways to achieve the long term goal to staying fit, according to Indian traditional uh, martial art or uh, fitness formats?
2: Yeah, Definitely, this is a very common question because everyone wants to lose fat. Firstly, fat is not addressed as something very big in Indian culture. Ayurveda also, there is no separate uh, tablets you take, separate routine you do for fat loss. It was not respected that much because people are not fat. It is simple. The basic thing that causes fat is inactivity. So when we say inactivity, people always think that they do so much work. Your brain is doing so much work. You are on the chair. Your brain is doing a lot of work. So it is a lot of mind work which is causing the exhaustion. So basic movement like walking, now people are considering walking as exercise, which is a joke. Walking is the basic metabolic activity you can give to your body. And the very basic thing like walking is considered as a feat, 10,000 steps a day, you you walk 3 kilometers a day, fine, you can call it a good metabolic activity. 3 kilometers, 2 and far. so it is 6 kilometers, you walk, it is good. 10,000 steps is seen as a goal and people uh, posting with their fitness tracker and this is now becoming a cultural thing. We we run behind metrics that are not true. BMI was not invented for us. If you read the history of BMI, it was supposed to assess about malnutrition. It was not for us. How is that compared? uh, Because this is how uh, when it comes to fat loss, first thing is metabolic activity. Less blood circulation, too much of kapha in your body. This is what is causing fat. So one thing is, people are people should be more mindful. Fat loss is actually easy. We are actually coming up with a 90-day program, fat loss program. We've been structuring it. So we want to monitor it uh, because uh, when you are into a fat loss transformation course, uh, it requires constant monitoring. It requires constant attention because you're trying yeah. to break habits. Yes. One common habit people have now is sugar craving, which is yes. the worst thing that can happen to your body. If your body is craving sugar, it means your something is very wrong with your gut health and your brain is requiring fake signals for you to function properly. This is what a sugar craving means. But you can't tell this to some person who has subscribed to a gym because they'll have their cheat day. So you will understand, this is happening to me. Why am I feeling inflamed? I am not drinking enough water. You will start questioning yourself. This is what we teach in our classes. Are you not drinking enough water? What was the last night meal? What is causing this inflammation? Is your gut health good? So all these parameters, this is where holistic training makes a huge difference. Because you are learning to work on yourself. Now, I think that is the first confidence anyone should have. Working on themselves.
1: So, coming back to uh, what Krishna is saying, I think uh, we should again uh, revise that specific topic, which are rather a concept which we mentioned a few minutes ago about uh, purpose. So, when you think about uh, fitness uh, in isolation, many times you see people are obsessed with their fitness because uh, they have nothing else to do. So, they may be rich people, they may be all their needs are taken care of, they don't know what else to do. And so they do this. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's all about purpose. When you look at purpose, I mean, what is the purpose of this fitness? Are you doing it because it's part of your discipline or it supports your responsibilities? Or is it because it's your basic need? Or is it meant for fulfilling some specific desire? Or finally, it is to take you in the spiritual direction. All these, if you're going to neatly categorize Uh, what your needs are, what is your basic purpose in life, automatically you will be inspired to pursue anything that you want to pursue. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm sure that this is beyond the scope of the current discussion, but unfortunately the problem with uh, the modern education system and the employment system in general is such that uh, people are not given a scope for pursuing their fitness goals in any way. So only those people who are into sports are given some kind of an access to all this. So, if they are going to perform very nicely in school, uh, in terms of sports, they are immediately given opportunities to get into some kind of uh, sports universities or some kind of uh, opportunities based on uh, scholarships for uh, sportsmen. All these are given. However, they forget that everybody needs sports. Everybody needs fitness. So, when you forget that everybody... Basically, fitness is one of the basic human rights, I would go on to say. If you are not able to take care of yourself, your body and your responsibilities, how will you be able to take care of other people around you? The whole world requires everybody to equally contribute, not equally, at least in some way contribute effectively. When these people are not able to take care of their own basic needs, uh, how will these people be able to contribute to the society? So when The entire society is made to be dumped down when they're not given the time or the opportunities to get into fitness and take care of themselves obviously the entire society will start slumping down and this will reflect in the economy this will reflect in the entire culture Uh, you will see how uh, for example these people who have uh, 12 hour shift uh, what else do they have uh, time for at the end of the week if they're working for 12 hours a day at the end of the week The only thing they want to do is they want to crash on the bed or they just want to freak out and uh, dance to some tunes outside in a disco and then come back. They want to drink and party and come back. They don't want to do anything else. Of course, I'm not saying that I have the power to change all of this, but this is just one step in that positive
2: direction. One funny thing is or a common pattern I have observed, maybe probably among my family or extended family or relatives is you earn up till and you are like until you are 45, 40, as much as you can. And the rest of the life is surgeries. That is how it is the common yeah, pattern.
0: I think that's, I think every uh, Indian family at this point in time, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure there must be at least one in person in the family who must be uh, either diabetic or must have had a, an episode of heart attack or some or the other physical ailment is there. And I that that's a problem with yeah. almost every family in India at this point in time. Definitely. Uh,
2: because we are subscribing to habits which were not supposedly Indian. Eating rice was not Indian. Eating rice on a feast day was Indian. Because it was Rajabhojan. Uh, oh, sure. It was not yours to eat for you. That is the one thing I always observe is People want to do things in a grandier way. They subscribe mm-hmm. to habits. Raja will burn 3000 calories a day. For a sitting uh-huh. CA, how will burn 3000 calories in a day? A dramatic change that we require in terms of thought process itself. Because uh, it is a rat race. No, That is the American term. It is called. Everybody is made to run some way or the other. You are marketed sure. to buy bone vita which is absolutely sugar. 200% sugar. I was given bone vita when I was a kid. And now I, I make sure that I don't give it to my daughters. That this is the first <laughs> step to educate ourselves. What I, I was eating 200% sugar on a daily basis. First thing in yes. the morning. Yes. First thing in the morning, which is absolute poison. Absolutely. So this is the kind of educative material we need. This will be brand pulling. A lot of things might happen. But I think uh, we can share this knowledge at least uh, to a little community. Which will, which we want to build around this knowledge, people of strong, good physique and mental power. That is what we want to do.
0: One of the things uh, which I have seen from different uh, posts that you guys have shared earlier, like uh, you you use some of the traditional Indian equipments in exercising, and you recently conducted a program near Ujjain uh, that involved mudga, so. Hmm. Help us understand more about uh, Mudgar and the benefits of this Indian uh, ancient exercising equipment.
2: Okay, firstly, mudgara was a weapon initially. A lot of deities have mudgara in their hands and a lot of uh, war based mudgara designs also. We are planning to take documentations, we are going to do research on it in the coming days. Mugdara is a very good strength training equipment. Why? Because we use grip strength. So anything that uses grip strength naturally to swing, to wield and all that, your nerves are taken care of, firstly. And we do something called rotational strength is the parameter that is seen here. Rotational strength always increases immunity and Uh spiritually speaking, this increases your body's prana. Your spiritual energy also increases. The next thing with Mukdara is there is no side effects if you learn it properly. And the third thing, if you stop training with Mukdara also, you will not lose your muscle that you have gained. And That's the, next beautiful really thing is, yeah. the next beautiful thing is you buy a good quality of it is going to stay with you for life. Yes, every state in India has their own different designs which are lost in time. And there are still few Mukdars which are centuries old. Any
1: traditional... Uh equipment for uh, fitness that was used in ancient India, we see that many of these uh, equipment, whatever we call equipment, are actually weapons uh, originally. So these were not only okay. really weapons, they were also instruments of daily usage. So if you go to the village side, even now in many parts of India, you will notice that they use these instruments, which we call equipment, as part of their everyday lifestyle. So, for example, they'll use sticks as part of their lifestyle. They will use those uh, long uh, uh, sticks which are used, uh, the pestle and mortar style. They'll be breaking down things and you go to villages even now where electricity access is very minimum, you will see that uh, they'll be using these instruments for uh, cooking, so preparing the food for cooking. So, all of these equipments, which we call equipment today, were originally part of our everyday lifestyle. So if you look at many yoga asanas also, many of the asana practices that we are taught in uh, any traditional yoga teacher training course, uh, you may have come across many of these movements as part of our everyday lifestyle. So uh, during our travels, that is both Krishna and I, when we were traveling uh, ever since this year, earlier this year, we have also been observing how all of this is part of their lifestyle and if you notice these people who are using their mm-hmm. actual equipment which are without access to internet, without access to electricity, without access to modern uh, mechan- mechanical equipment, you will notice that these people's bodies are well adapted to using that equipment and they are very fit. So, For example, if you look at a cow herd or a person taking care of goats, you will realize that their spines are very, uh, very fit. Mm-hmm. They don't have any issues. They don't sit sure. down all the time. They are always on the move. Mm. They have to take care of the animals. Sure. And if you look yeah. at people who are cooking, you will notice that uh, when you go to traditional mutts or some kind of whatever you call mata in Samskritam, or it is called a mutt, if you go there, many places they will cook. So they will cook large quantities of food for the devotees who are coming. And if you look at their upper body strength, you will be amazed. They will have very huge. Uh, Uh, trap muscles, they'll have huge uh, shoulders, they'll have very strong chest muscles, their forearms are good, their biceps and triceps are very good, so their upper body strength is very nice. And all of this is attributed to their lifestyle. So the reason that they have a good uh, fit body is because they are clear about their purpose and they don't want to compromise on quality. They don't want to uh, delegate this activity to some other electrical, electronic or mechanical equipment to reduce effort if they were to do it then what is the role that they are playing in that entire process they are looking at themselves as small gears in a huge machine and so that gives them a sense of meaning that gives them a sense of purpose and again going back to the first statement purpose is what determines whether we'll be able to work towards fitness or not so yes uh,
2: and i think uh, in today's age six pack is the main purpose people always assume In a tropical region like India, having six-pack causes a lot of cardiac pressure to your body. Or your heart will always stay at risk. The first region your body hits as a reserve when you get any sort of ailment is your lower abdomen. And too much of marketing, or too much of unwanted, for someone in cold region, this type of body will naturally be there. Naturally, people living in colder regions, for them There will be some sort of tightness because your body will adapt to it. Yes. So we train for 10 days in Himalayas. Naturally, you will see the difference where the oxygen rate is high in the air. And also your body's adaptability is fantastic. Your body is a fantastic machine. So to realize your own human potential, training is very essential.
0: Sure. Thank you so much, Krishna and Abhinav. That was uh pleasure speaking with you and i look forward to speaking with you once again thanks, thanks for, for having us
1: have a that's a wrap thank you for listening to Fitness Pro Chat by Fit Aerobic we hope you had key takeaways from today's episode and learned something new don't forget to download and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and leave us a rating review on your favorite platform in the meantime reach out to us on Instagram at Fit Aerobic or through our website fitaerobic.com and remember failures will only make you strong and better learned Take care, stay healthy, and live a fulfilling life with Fit Aerobic.